the adrenaline's so high, but you're so calm and you're so focused. High drive, deep left field, way back, take a good look. You won't see it for long. Yeah, I literally can see that ball coming out of his hands and just, I knew exactly where I was going to hit that baseball. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Minor League City. All right, we're good, man. Dude, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I'm sitting in an empty, brand new barber shop right now, but other than that, we're doing all right. Uh, you had that last year, right? Or... Hey, this is Alex Weiser, and what you're listening to right now is a conversation between Kyle Chapman, Chap the Barber, and Jordan Pacheco, major and minor league ball player. Uh, Jordan Pacheco. Here, I'll send you a link on him. He's like just a nice guy that played baseball, that has and, kids. And you met him in Rochester? Yeah, I could have there. He's one of my clients, bro. Nice. He's an American baseball infielder and catcher who's a free agent. He played Major League Baseball for the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and the Reds. He's 34. 34. Career batting average of 272, 293 hits, 10 home runs, and 114 RBIs. Jordan Pacheco. I see him. Part of barbering I really like is not just, like, the cutting hair, but, like, the stories and the interaction. For sure. Because I feel like the conversations and the things that, like, I would talk to you guys about when I'm cutting in the clubhouse is, like, really cool stuff beyond just, like, the normal interviews where you're like, Jordan, what was it like when you got called up to the majors? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no pressure. Just pretend like you're getting your hair cut. Okay. All right. (laughs) Dude. So, I know barbering's closed now, but this, I mean, dude, there's no baseball. What are you doing? Yeah, man, there's there's no baseball. I'm trying to still train a little bit the best I can without putting in other people, I guess. I mean, I guess in danger. Um, so, I'm trying to, and my family. So, I'm looking out for, for that. But I'm trying to get my training in, and nobody really knows when baseball's going to start. Or there's some, there's obviously rumors, but you can't believe it until it's, until it's actually set in stone. So, yeah, just hanging out with my family right now. We're fortunate enough to be able to kind of just hang out right now and not have to worry about a lot. Yeah, I was thinking about how you and I actually connected. My wife and I went to a game. It was like, I think it was like June or July, and it was like super hot, and we were sitting behind home plate, and your daughter kept like turning around and smiling at my wife, and she had just gotten pregnant. So, of Uh course, like my wife and your wife start chatting it up. Your wife was like, Jordan needs you cut hair. Jordan needs a haircut. I got to talk to him. So I think I found you the next time. We can't right. do so it's funny you mentioned that. But dude, I mean I have one one year old at home right now. How is how is it with two? What happens walk me through that process when we get to two? We're lucky. Our second one is he's obviously a boy. Our first one is Joey, she's a girl. She's about two and a half and uh she's kinda at that age right now where she's she's got her, her personality and attitude. So it's really it's really cool to see, but at the same time, you know, she's being a little defiant and trying to test the limits and and all that stuff, but our our little boy has been unbelievable. Like he he's as chill as can be. So it's kind of a, you know a double edged sword. Cause my wife's like, well, we can have another one, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're young enough right now where they don't really know what's going on, and yeah, they just know that mommy and daddy are home all the time. So they think this is the greatest. They think this is how life should be, and this is the greatest thing ever. So yeah, <laughs> so I've been trying to. Take that perspective to just spending all this time with my son. And like, yeah. I think the hardest thing for me as a parent is like, 
my parents are in their 60s and you know we're just trying to stay distant from them but like my dad will come over and play with my son through the window oh man that's heartbreaking and it's just like it breaks my heart like his first birthday was a couple of weeks ago and we were gonna that's have it. a pool party but like we couldn't have it so like it was just us at home and it's just like it was that first time as a parent i was like shit man this kind of breaks my heart a little bit you know dude i i know exactly what you mean i the same thing like my little girl the other day was just said out of nowhere i miss my friends and i'm like oh my god and she's thinking we watched the disney special last night that which was really awesome and they did all the disney songs and people got the, you know celebrities came on and, and sang the songs but she was like oh my friends are on tv i'm like oh man she's thinking her friends are on tv now and not i mean i know it will be over sooner than later but still yeah oh. you know, as a parent it breaks your heart I know you've probably heard rumors. I've read all this stuff online about baseball, but if something did happen, it sounds like it might be in your backyard. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying that possibly Arizona, and I think there's a lot of logistics they got to figure out. But mm-hmm. I, man, for I think that's the only way something's going to happen, the fastest, which they're trying to do, and smartest, I guess. That's it's being here in Arizona. Like I said, there's not that many cases. It's going to be a hundred and. 15 degrees too soon so <laughs> yeah you gotta convince a bunch of guys to, to hey, come play in 120 degrees the, the big thing that's gonna be you know gonna suck is that their minor league season's not gonna there's you know i don't i haven't heard anything about that and i don't think that's even gonna happen for some of these guys who just got drafted or mm-hmm. second year trying to work through the system and those are the guys that are gonna you know, they're going to have to get jobs. You know, obviously, if they didn't go high round, they don't got a lot of money. They got to, they might have a family. So those are the guys I feel for that if this doesn't happen and they don't get a minor league season, they're going to miss out on a whole year of, of baseball. Might have to force some guys into making other decisions and moving on, you know? Yeah. That was my big question that no one was really reporting on that I've read is like, have they said that AAA teams will come and play in Arizona too, so guys can still go up and down, or is it just going to be like, here's your team and roster, you guys are all like, here's your forty man roster, here you go, you guys are stuck with these guys. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's been it's you know, obviously obviously they're going to get their forty man roster and they're going to get their I think ten non roster guys. We'll see. Obviously, there's a lot of logistics and things that need to happen, but they're trying, and uh, you know we need baseball. <laughs> So, to back up, you and I met two summers ago. Summer ends, you go home. Next, I catch up in the winter, how you doing? And then next summer, I text you, and you're in Mexico? That's where you landed last year? <laughs> yeah, so last year, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were up there in Rochester. And then the next year, I didn't get a job in the States. So, I ended up going to Mexico. And I have some Mexican heritage, so I can play as a native. So, it's a little bit easier to get on the team down there. And oh, I there. okay. Yeah, so I played down there for uh, three months, and then I got picked up by Seattle, and I ended up the the year in Tacoma AAA playing up there, which I've always loved Tacoma and that ballpark in the Rainiers, and I've always wanted to play up there. And so we literally, my wife was coming down with me to Mexico and the kids, and we got on a plane because our son was born a month prior to that, and he couldn't come down, so my wife was here in Arizona. So all-star break, mm-hmm. I flew back to Arizona, I got the kids and we were on a plane and we landed in Monterey and my agent texted me and said, Hey, you still want to play affiliate ball? And I said, Oh yeah, without a doubt. He said, well, you got to make a decision right now. And 
we had to get on the plane the next day and from <laughs> Mexico and fly all the way to Washington. So it was kind of crazy with a two-year-old and a newborn. Oh, man. We moved all the way down to Mexico, and then we had to move all the way back up to Washington. But, you know, my wife, is a she's a superstar, and she's she loves it, and she loves meeting new people like you guys, and and she loved that atmosphere. And, and so I'm glad, you know, I married the right woman for sure. You know, it's funny because a lot of the guys that I'll meet when I'm cutting are like 21, 22, 23. So even being 33, sometimes they're like, yo, check out my new TikTok video and all this. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just lucky to get my iPhone fired up here, man. Like I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling old. And then I meet someone like you who's on that other, you know, you're, you're a little older, more experienced, you played. It's just interesting to see the growth that happens as a person. I found this YouTube video. I think it's when your uh, the the Mariners team was actually coming through to your home city in Arizona. Yeah. And I saw the R logo. I'm like, that kind of looks like the Red Wings logo. I'm like, what is this? And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. But it was really it, the 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 best clip of that was hearing you know you calling your dad, and then you can probably tell it better. But you like called your dad and asked him to go to the game, and he had no idea what was going on. What's it like being back in Albuquerque anytime you get to return here? I love it. This is my home and I love every part about it. I love the people here. I love the food. I love looking at the mountains and I love the weather. I want to ask you about your baseball career growing up here in Albuquerque. What first got you involved in baseball in the first place? I think it was just my dad. He never pushed anything on me. He just wanted me to play sports and have fun. I played basketball and uh, baseball growing up. He'd be out there in the backyard if I wanted to throw. If I wanted to hit, he'd be in the garage flipping me balls. So I, I think it's just him. He just, if I wanted to do it, he was there. So his support and my mom's support, I think that was just what led me here. <laughs> it was perfect timing when the Mariners called me. As soon as I got to Washington, three days later, we were going to my hometown in Albuquerque, and nobody kind of knew that, that I was still kind of playing. I was just, you know, I've been to Mexico. I've been in Rochester. I haven't been around, so my dad was just, he knew I was in Mexico, and I was like, I'm not going to tell him I'm going. I'm not going to tell him that the Mariners signed me yet. So I literally <laughs> didn't tell him. He thought I was still in Mexico. And I literally didn't tell him until I got to Albuquerque that day. I asked him if he wanted to come to the game, and he was like, yeah, I guess I'll go. He's like, who's playing? I was like, well, I am. He's like, what? He's like, I think you're, he's like, you're not, you're coaching? He's like, no, dad, I'm playing. Like, I'm playing. <laughs> so he thought, he thought I took a job and a coaching job instead of a playing job. But it's always good to go home to Albuquerque. I love that city and I, I left my hometown. So, yeah. Well, it's awesome to see you enjoying this part of the ride. You're not, is that your next move? Are you thinking of coaching or what is your, what's your next move when you're done playing? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you want to be in the big leagues. The big leagues is where you want to be. It's like the, you get there and you play there and that's all you want to do. And mm-hmm. I've learned over the last few years that, you know, I might not make it back and I still have the hopes and dreams and definitely the motivation to make it back and, and try the best I can. But I realized that I've learned so much on this journey and especially trying to get back that I need to appreciate it more and appreciate the people that I come in contact with, especially like you and just hearing your story and, and listening to where you come from and how things, you know, how your life has unfolded. And those things teach me definitely in my life and that I can kind of pass on to my kids because everybody has a story. And if you sit there and try to tell yours all the time, you don't hear anybody else's. So I think just, <laughs> you know, appreciate, you know, trying to teach these younger kids or, or listen to them and just hear where they come from. And maybe I can help them out. And, and if I stay around that long enough, that kind of 
that kind of has motivated me to kind of, yeah, maybe that next move is coaching. I know I'm like, like you right now, you're, you're a dad, so you're, you're kind of coaching already. You're, you're, you're in that <laughs> mind frame of teaching and, and you're trying to learn as much as you can because you want your kid to have the best experience. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I mean, you could probably attest to that. Like as soon as you have a kid, you just it's like, all right, what don't I know? And what do I need to teach this little one and to make them of the best human being possible? Yeah, it's it's why I think I've learned more from him in the last year, especially because I've taken a couple days during the week and I'll cut on the weekends and I'll watch him instead of sending him to daycare full time. Three days he's mine, but usually a half day he goes to grandma or an aunt. So those two and a half days, I mean, I I'm I've been a workaholic since I was fourteen, you right. know, and to stop and my only job is to keep this little guy going and said <laughs> and. You know, it's terrifying that first year, but then you get in a rhythm and then it's new. It's the challenges, right? But I think it's funny you mentioned that that effect on younger players because I know just seeing you and the effect you had on the other guys, even when you were in Rochester, you know, just seeing how the other guys would come up and ask you questions or like look up to you or, you know, two years ago on Thanksgiving, you posted a Starbucks gift card on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, I know I can't reach out to all y'all, but I can maybe buy you a coffee. Happy Thanksgiving. And there were players who were still in Rochester that I can potentially be like, dude, you never cease to amaze me. So I think you have something and you've learned. It was Winston Sawyer, by the way, that commented that. But just seeing that and that leadership that I don't think you can teach, I think it just sort of also comes natural to certain people. Like it gets me excited to hear about you thinking about that next step. And I know you'll do a fantastic job. But in the meantime, you know, it sounds like Arizona might be might, might need some baseball players. So you might be uh, – <laughs> might be up for a job, but I got okay. I got to ask one one. I need one good MLB story and one good minor league story. I watched a YouTube video of you facing Madison Bumgarner and hitting a freaking bomb grand slam. I mean, that was pretty. Cool. That had to be pretty cool, right? I, I mean, that yeah, that that is definitely one of my highlights, and you can kind of relive that moment. I kind of go back every once and you want to like those are the good moments that you want to relive and. Even when you're not doing so well, you, you look at those and how, how you were feeling in that moment. And I was batting after Carlos Gonzalez, and they had walked him. And I didn't really know the bases were loaded. All I knew is that I need to get a hit, but I'm going to be really aggressive. Like, I'm not going to let this bat go too long. I'm going to jump on this first pitch, and mm-hmm. I'm going to see what happens. And it's just crazy when you get in those moments. And those are the that's kind of what always wants, like brings you back to the point of being the big leagues the adrenaline's so high, but you're so calm and you're so focused. High drive, deep left field, way back, take a good look. You won't see it for long. And he threw, I, I literally can see that ball coming out of his hands and just, I knew exactly where I was going to hit that baseball. And, and when it comes off your bat and you're just like, wow, wait, I just did that. Oh, man. <laughs> When you do that, something like that for the first time, it it really has a big effect on you, and you go, "Wow!" You kind of surprise yourself. First career slam, and he jumps on this first pitch from Madison Bumgarner. What a sweet sound! So yeah, it, I hit it, and I remember the next day he came up to me, and he was just like, he was like, "Bro, I'm so like, wow, man, I didn't know you could do that." And I was like, "I really didn't know I could do that either." <laughs> <laughs> like I was just trying to run to first base and watch it at the same time. I was like, that's going to go out of the park. So it, it, that's one of my, you know, all-time memories. And uh, I will always cherish that for sure. 
you can kind of see it as you're running to first base. You're like, this is gone. I just hit a grand slam. Like, you can kind of see it registering in your head. You know, you're like, oh, this just happened. And I think those are the moments that I'm looking for now is just, okay, I just, if I keep going, like, how can I surprise myself? And, and how can I surprise my kids? Was there any moment where you were kind of, so for me, the first time I got the text to come up and start cutting in Rochester, I, I'm not a guy that's easily starstruck. I'm like, Hey, these are some dudes. I'm like, I'm just going to bring me to the clubhouse, do my style of barbering, my kind of cuts, and just see what happens. Like, it was totally just chill, and the Pawtucket Red Sox were in town, and I knew they were in town, no big deal. And you know in Rochester how the visiting team doesn't really have a workout room. It's literally like a hallway. Right. <laughs> so so I'm just chilling, this barber, you know, and I, this is where I'd always wanted to be. I mean, I, I was in, I don't know if I ever told you, but I was in marketing and advertising the first part of my career. I used to work across the street in a high rise from the stadium and look at the stadium. And I always liked to cut hair for fun. And I was mm-hmm. just like, shit, man, I just want to be like a minor league barber and just go like cut hair in the basement. And this was like two years yeah. before I ever even became a barber. I said that. And like, here I am just in the basement. I'm just enjoying it. Just super chill. Yeah. Like, you know me, I'm not, an ex- I'm not too crazy. So I walk out in the hallway cause I was waiting on another player to come in or something. And I look up and there's Dustin Pedroia just standing <laughs> literally four feet in front of me. And I've been a Yankees fan growing up. You know, now I'm just more of a baseball fan. And I'm like, that's Dustin Pedroia. He's like four feet away from me. He really needs a head shave right now, but I can't do this. So I just turned around and went back in the family room. Like, I didn't want to bug him. Like, I was just like, it was a really cool moment. And that's like the only time. And then after that, you'd see players come through and it was no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But was there a moment for you when you met either a current player or a coach or somebody that's retired and you were just like, shit, man, this is the guy, you know, and you were like yeah. really excited about it. Man, I, I feel, I feel I'm like that all the time with anybody that's in the game of baseball that I have a lot of respect for. I think kind of like you said, like I was a Yankee fan. I love the Yankees. And I remember coming up with the Rockies I had, we had Jason Jambi and oh yeah, he's like one of my all time favorites and and I just, you know, I didn't know who he was as a person. Like, I just thought, man, I love, uh, you know, this guy's awesome. This guy can, can rake. And this was my first big league camp. And, man, that guy, like, he was just one of the most, charismatic and friendly guys and approachable that I've ever met. And so at first I was like really starstruck when I met him. Yeah. But after that, it was like, man, these guys are, you know, he's a normal person. He, he's, he appreciates his life and he just wants to help. And he helped me so much throughout my career and he still does whenever I need something. So like that kind of guy that he's had such a big impact on me. But at first I was like, man, Kind of like you, I was just like, this is Jason Jambi, you know, and I'm in a locker <laughs> room with like Todd Helton, Troy Tulowitzki, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, like dudes that I've just been watching the last five years play. Yeah. Now I'm finally in the same locker room. It's like, okay, I got to really pull this together. <laughs> like I, I, I deserve to be here. I'm supposed to be here. But yeah, yeah, it's that same thing. It's like that first shock. You're like, man. And then you just start talking to them and they, they treat you like, a coworker and you're like, all right, time to play baseball. So that, that, that was the guy for me. That's awesome. That's such a good story. All right. I won't take up too much of your time. Although this is like a fun, uh, 
catch up here. I need one yeah. good minor league story. Like you're grinding it out through the minor leagues. Like what's one where you're just like good, bad, other that just is like you're gonna tell your grandkids. <laughs> There's probably a lot I'm not gonna tell my grandkids. Maybe you can tell your barber on the podcast. <laughs> well, your Rochester barber on the podcast. You can listen when they're older. Comment. Gosh, dude, I can't even. Things just become so normal in the minor leagues when you're doing it, but then you look yeah. back and go, "We ser- like we seriously did that." You become you kind you know you kind of come up with the same guys, and you kind of go, you know, obviously guys get released and stuff, but we had the same team for three years, kind of moving up through the system, and I remember really? this was our first, um, my first low A season, and we were in a two bedroom place with with five guys and two of them were married and those two guys you know got the rooms and the rest of us was kind of just we were just sprawled out on the ground and it was like extending college like for another five years I would never do that now but at that time you're just enjoying baseball and you're enjoying the game and you're enjoying your buddies and guys that I still talk to and we did that for like three years we would it didn't matter, you know, five dudes in a two bedroom and we're playing baseball. <laughs> we're not making any money. We're, we're probably all breaking even. That was the big thing for me that I've learned getting to kind of know your industry and just hearing the stories, learning about the disparity of income and lack of regular payment, especially if you didn't get a big bonus when you signed on, it blew my mind. When I was in high school and into college I ran a record label and I went to college and all my friends were still touring in bands and stuff you know and when you think of a band tour and you're like oh they're having fun they're raging in hotel rooms partying it's like (laughs) I have friends that for five to ten years slept in vans and Walmart parking lots and they didn't make it you know they didn't have that one song or that one hit and then Mm -hmm. they're now emerging in their 30s they never went to college and they're starting where a lot of people start in their 20s so I can definitely Um, that definitely strikes, you know, a chord with me, dude, I think this was fun. I think this was going to come out cool. It was really, really cool to catch up. And I appreciate you being the, uh, first guinea pig for this. If you ever get to Rochester, you got a haircut waiting for you. If I make it out to Arizona. Yeah. Believe it. When this all ends. I know. right? (laughs) All right, man. Be well. Keep in touch, buddy. Thank Thank you so much. Later. All right. Peace. All right, so that was Minor League City, Episode 1, Jordan Pacheco. Interview by Kyle Chapman. My name's Alex Weiser. I edited the piece. Thanks to Jordan for being a part of this project, especially early on. And um, so we're based in Rochester, New York here, which is where Jordan and Kyle met. Our minor league team is the Red Wings. And like everyone else, there's no baseball right now. And so we're missing baseball. We know a lot of people out there are missing baseball. And we're hoping that these stories can um, bring a little bit of baseball into your world. We're looking for stories. We have some in our inbox in Rochester. We're going to reach out to some people and kick this off. But there's 159 other minor league uh, cities across the United States. Um, So I'm sure there's just tons and tons of stories to tell people to talk to so if you are that person or you know someone who has a story um give us a shout check us out minorleaguecity.com thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon see ya
cool. Let's try it, man. And, like, but I think if we do it, like, let's try and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll send you this audio. Sweet, dude. All right. Thank bye. you. See ya.